Hey guys, welcome back to Starring Milana, the podcast. This is season three, episode um, 20, and happy hashtag Milana Monday. If you're new here, there are three segments. The first one is called BTS, where we recap my first week. The second segment is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media, and we try to offer a new or different perspective. And the third segment is called um, Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week, and we drop a few gems. So let's get right into it. Um... BTS. Let's see. I guess I want to start off by saying Happy Memorial Day. Um, you know, it's important for our country and for so many families in this country to celebrate this day. We remember the lives of the people in the military um, who passed away while serving in the U.S. Armed Services. So um, we want to honor you and say thank you for your contribution and your sacrifice to this country. Happy Memorial Day. Um, ironically, it's also National Wine Day. I guess these holidays are pretty much made up, but well, today happens to be National Wine Day. Um you know, I love wine, so I really want to chime in on this day. I have a mm, like a love-hate relationship with red wine. I actually started off really liking red wine more. Um, I used to only drink red wine. White wine was like a little too sweet for me. Like it almost tasted like a dessert wine. I didn't enjoy it. So the red wines that I would drink were like Malbec, um, a Cabernet, um and those were my favorites and I still do drink those if I am if it is kind of like a red wine night but what ended up happening and I talked about this in some of my old podcasts is that I started to feel like congested um and I I felt like it was really hard to like wake up the next day like the red wine really worn me down versus um even if it was just one glass versus like white wine I felt a little bit lighter I didn't feel that same level of congestion um but I was like god I don't really like the taste of white wine and I started researching like what is the driest white wine because I prefer dry versus sweet and I kind of landed on um Sauvignon Blanc and that's what I've been drinking lately and I do enjoy it like it's just lighter it's cooler um so yeah, that's usually what I drink. And if I am drinking red, I will have a Malbec or um, a Cabernet. Um, what else? So yeah, anyway, happy National Wine Day to all you hashtag winos. Um, I had a uh, pretty shit weekend last weekend. And that's kind of why I didn't release an episode. One of the reasons I didn't release an episode, um, my dog was, I guess the word is gagging or retching. Um, he just sounded like to me it sounded like he was suffocating like he couldn't breathe um so we took him to the emergency room they did an x-ray and we found out that um like he there's they don't know if there's anything in there they couldn't really tell they said there's no foreign body but they don't know if there's anything in there but he is irritated they said i need to monitor him to make sure he can hold food down and he like kind of kept doing it randomly throughout the day but it was much less um it wasn't like for 15 minutes so that whole weekend we were like watching him kind of freaking out um and he just wasn't himself and so we started doing research I contacted like my cousin who's studying to be veterinarian and she said that it could be reverse sneezing so I started doing a whole deep dive on like reverse sneezing and I think that's my that's what it might be um and so that happened on like Friday and Saturday then on Saturday he I went to see my sister because she wasn't really feeling well so I was with her and then my dog ended up biting my mom because he's kind of like 
a little bit of like an angry dog. Like you just, he's really to himself. If, and if you bother him, that's when he really just like acts out. So he was playing with this toy. My mom tried to like snatch him from him. He like bit her and like she was bleeding. It was really, really bad. She started freaking out. So that happened on Saturday. It was just like an overall really rough weekend, like watching the dogs and my mom's bite, then my sister and she, she was like, her tummy was hurting, whatever. So um, yeah, rough weekend, didn't release an episode, but I ended up spending, you know, I think it was almost like close to $500 at the emergency room. And I was like, I need to get him insurance because they are, you know, both of my dogs are small dogs and a lot of shit happens to small dogs. Like, if they eat anything small off the ground, they tend to get sick. Like, I've taken Miley to the vet several times for random things. So, I'm like, okay, let me just look into insurance. Because $500 for an x-ray, I mean, it was really unnecessary. They didn't even give him medication or anything. Um, so, yeah, I got him dogging insurance. And I just feel like, I don't know, like, I really feel like a parent now. Like, my child has insurance. Um, but I ended up taking him to the vet a couple of days later. My, like, his regular vet. And he said that um, he believes it's probably allergies. Like, that it's summertime. And he said walk him less. Because it was happening after his walk. So, um, we're just hoping and baking that it's allergies. And it's it's nothing worse. So, that happened. Um what else happened this past week? Cher, the singer, she turned 74. I believe I've talked about her in my podcast before. I love Cher. Um, I, you know, you have like, <clears throat> I feel like you associate an artist or a movie um, with a moment in your life, right? So like I can always remember where I was and how I felt when I heard uh, the weekend's EP, House of Balloons, okay, I can remember exactly where I was, and how I heard, and who put me on to Drake's So Far Gone mixtape, right, and these are, like, staples in my life, those are two of my favorite artists, I feel the same way about Cher, she's my favorite artist also, um, and I was younger, she's, you know, Armenian, and my parents, um, Armenian's for the most part, I believe, like her, uh, we were, you know, taking a road trip from Los Angeles to Washington State to visit my dad's best friend, and, um, you know, we stopped along the way, but we all we did was listen to Cher, like, nonstop, and, you know, we ended up doing the same thing when we went up to San Francisco, when we went to Vegas, anytime we took a road trip, it was, like, Cher's Believe album was on repeat, like, we just sang it over and over again, um, and so, I will never forget, you know, those memories with my family. So anytime I think of Cher, I think of those road trips with my family. They're so special to me. So um, I, you know, that's kind of what I hold on to. And that's why I really, really like Cher. And anytime I hear any of her songs, it just takes me back there. Um, you know what I don't love so much? I realized really during this quarantine, I hate bras and I hate thongs. Um why do we wear them? I understand the whole panty line thing, but oh my God, after like not having to go anywhere and not having to like wear these things, when I do have to put one on, I'm like so uncomfortable. I like feel it now and it's just not like a part of my daily thing. So now it's just became like a nuisance. Um, I have been wearing bralettes more cause you know, there's no underwire and I feel a little more comfortable with that. But the thong thing is just like, you know what, I mean, TMI, but I, we might be going commando after this. It is just not comfortable. And I guess I didn't realize it until I had to not go to work and, you know, and not wear it. And then when I put it on, I'm like, oh, what is that? Like, ah, so 
sorry tmi but yeah i realized i did not love that but i also speaking of bras i have been you know running a lot more working out and i i think we went back if we go back a few episodes i don't remember when this was i found out that my whole like not my not my whole life but the past like i don't know one of five five to seven years i've been wearing the wrong size bras because i was told originally i was one size but i realized and and, and i'm like god these bras just like don't fit right they don't look like they do on other people but i didn't imagine that i was like a C and not a B. And so when I ended up going back to purchase a bra and I got measured, they were like, oh, you've been wearing the wrong bra size this whole time. So um, that means I've been wearing the wrong bathing suit tops, right? So I had to purchase new bathing suit tops, but it also means I've been wearing the wrong sports bras. And I did notice, like, I couldn't put my finger on why the sport, I didn't look great in a sports bra or like why things like were, were hanging out or why I didn't feel comfortable. I couldn't put my finger on it until I realized like I not only have been wearing the wrong like regular bra, but just the wrong sports bra. So I've invested in like new sports bras that actually fit right. Um, and I did that because I was like running and realized like, you know, I really need that comfort. So I've been wearing the correct sports bras, but I also purchased like a running belt, like kind of like a fanny pack, but super flat just for your phone and your keys. Um, and I purchased like a running hat. So I have a lot of hats. I love caps, baseball hats. I just love hats, but they're not really for um, working out. They're so thick and it's so hot outside that when you're running, you're not getting any air into like your head. And so you're just drenched. So I did some research and I purchased like a running hat that has like mesh and that air can kind of flow through. So it's been super comfortable. I feel like really good. I have the Nike running app. I have my uh, running belt I have my hat I have my right sports bra and so I'm kind of like back in like the workout game but in the running game for the first time so that's been exciting um speaking of running I've been listening to the new Dua Lipa album that's what I've been running to um so I think she released her last album in 2017 and I really really enjoyed it I kept it on repeat I'm like oh this is like my type of shit like it's upbeat um and then I was kind of worried because it's 2020 and I'm like oh like when you that's your debut album I feel like you need to release something quickly so that people like you know the hype is still there and it was been three years and I was like shit where's her album and I was surprised how much I liked this one it was really good as well it's really good um so I'm that's what I've been running to um I can't really pick a favorite song. I like levitating, levitate, levitate or levitating. I don't know. Hallucinate is good. I mean, all of them to me are like really good. So that's been my running music. Um, what else? Let's talk about some consumption here. What I've been consuming, my book I've been reading. So um, Where the Crawdads Sing is our third book of the book club this year. I honestly like... The reviews are really good, but a lot of people's reviews are like, it's so descriptive, it's kind of slow. And for me, I can't really get with something that's slow, but when I started reading it, I couldn't just, dis- I disagree. Like it caught me off guard right away. We went straight into like a cliffhanger almost. And um, now I can't put the book down. We're kind of reading about 75 pages or so a week um, for the book club, just so that everyone can keep up. But I really could go way more. I honestly could have finished this book in like three, four days, three days. Like I enjoyed so much and um i really really recommend it if you're looking for a new book especially since they're going to be making a movie out of it and i think that when you're reading it you're going to be thinking about like what um what is this who are the characters going to be what do they look like what do the surroundings look like and it's so funny because as i'm reading it and and that author is very descriptive you know she's describing um the water she's describing the house that the girl lives in she's describing like the animals the sea creatures everything she's just describing it very very like 
clearly so you can imagine it so i'm also watching the show outer banks i'm only like on episode one or two but um it i feel like the when where the crawdads sing will be it's going to be filmed i feel like it's going to be filmed in the same area even though i think the setting in this book is in north carolina the where they film um this show outer banks it's the exact same description of the uh environment and the setting in the book so i feel like it's a perfect place to film it um and yeah i i actually like the show also caught got me right away on the first episode um so I did start that show. You know what? Let's just move into TV. Outer Banks, very early on, but so far so good. I finished um, All American. I finished that very quickly. I think there's only two seasons anyway, but it it made me so happy because I feel like you know teen dramas are really really big. Like there's there's a lot that comes, a lot of fame, a lot of um, support that comes with like a teen teen drama, right? We have the OC, we have 90210, we have One Tree Hill, Gossip Girl um Riverdale these are like teen shows the soap operas almost and they're all like cable television I feel like we've all watched them we've all enjoyed them but um you know the truth is I've never seen like an all black or mainly black cast on a cable network like the CW with a teen show like this um because these shows that are like really big like the OCs and the 90210s and the One Tree Hills they don't have this this kind of cast so I was really excited to see what the show would be like and honestly I think it's like way better than some of the stuff that's on television now I really do think like it gives me an OC vibe with um a 90210 vibe it's kind of like a that that kind of show and then with the sports part of it it's like one tree hill so it kind of took all three of those shows and put it together and created this like really really fun interesting show the cast is like really talented um and the show kind of captivates you right away and then there's that appeal where they say you know it's like based on true events or based on a true story or inspired by a true story whatever that is so that is also what kind of keeps you watching because you're like oh like even though a lot of the stuff is obviously dramatized um the the, the story and the foundation of the story where this athlete comes from um like I think I think he came from Crenshaw and ends up in Beverly Hills. In the show, he comes from Crenshaw. It's really interesting. Um, so I really recommend it if you haven't seen it. Another thing I watched was Normal People. It's a um, short, like a like a short series. I think it's a, it's a limited series. And I think it was like 10 or 12 episodes. And it's based on the book. I really enjoyed that one. Um, you know, it was kind of like... I don't, parts of it was like sad and happy and it just took you on all of the emotions of these characters. I really wish I would have read the book first and then watched the show. I think I would have enjoyed it a little more just to be able to imagine what these characters were like. So I ended up buying the author's um, other book called Conversations with People, I think it's called, Conversations with Friends. And um, that's also going to be turned into a short series for Hulu. So I'm going to get ahead of the curve, read that book first. Um, so I'm excited about that. I also finished Dead to Me in like two days. It was super easy. They're like 25-minute episodes, I think. I really enjoyed that one. Obviously, the I don't know, the storyline's not realistic, but it's so funny. If you're looking for something that's like lighthearted and funny, um, that is a good one. I finished Working Moms, all four seasons. I think it's four seasons. Also, like in two days, hilarious, super witty. I'm enjoying these like women-driven shows like that, The Morning Show, 
you know, Big Little Lies, um, Little Fires Everywhere, Dead to Me, like all these shows that are like really driven by women. Um, they're they they're great. The writing is great. The acting is great. Um, I hope I continue to see more of those shows. Um, I also watched The Last Dance. I finally finished it, all 10 episodes. You know, I remember I was talking about another episode that I was kind of sad watching it because I realized we're not going to see this kind of series on Kobe because he passed. Um, but I didn't realize that he was going to be in it. So there was a short clip. I wish there was more of Kobe Bryant before his death talking about his experience with Michael Jordan when he was a young player, um, and how Michael Jordan inspired him and kind of became his mentor. So, um, that was, it was just crazy. I saw so many similarities between Kobe and Jordan and, you know, obviously they both played for Phil Jackson, but there was just so many similarities between the two. Um, yeah, anyway, aside from that, really enjoyed it. Very informative, very interesting. Obviously, you know, we were young when the Bulls had their, like, run. I think some of us were, like, one. Maybe some people weren't even born. And then, obviously, up until 97, 98, you know, just we became older. and But we're still too young to really understand the Jordan era. So Kobe really was that for us. So um, it was interesting to see. Jordan's story and just like how successful he was and what motivated him and his trials and um all of that and obviously Phil Jackson just the real hero and on and all of this um the last thing I watched and this is gonna sound crazy but I accidentally started watching Riverdale and what I mean by accidentally is I clicked to watch the trailer because there's a lot of hype around it it's another CW teen drama so I'm like oh let me just see the trailer the trailer I don't know if I was watching the trailer or the or the pilot, but I ended up watching the whole first episode, um, and then I realized that a guy that I know, a friend of mine from back in college that I knew named Jordan Calloway, he was Chuck Clayton, I think it's on the show. I had no idea, so I'm watching it, and I see his face. I'm like, he's on the show. I got through the first season. I started watching the second season. It's kind of a dumb show. Like, it's not my style at all, so um, I'm kind of done with it, but it the first season to me was was interesting, and then it got kind of like crazy so I'm gonna end that Riverdale experience with the first season and that's about it for me on the television side so um that's all I have for BTS and now we can move on to the talk worthy segment so I know I've mentioned this in the past few episodes because of coronavirus the stories you know are all kind of about the stories in the media are all about like COVID and the pandemic and everything so um Nothing has been going on that's too crazy, so I'm just going to really skim through it. Um, A quote from CNN, the Director General of the World Health Association, Tedros Adhanom, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, why I'll try, Gabriasis, I don't know. Basically, this is a quote that was, um, that I read from CNN, we will have a long way to go in this pandemic. Um, In the last 24 hours, there have been 106 cases reported to the World Health Organization, the most in a single day since the outbreak began. Almost two-thirds of these cases were reported in just four countries. Those countries are U.S., Russia, Brazil, and India. Um, And then they said it is important to know there can be delays in reporting at many points in the process of so the single day record does not mean that these 106,000 people were infected, tested, or counted in the last 24 hours. It's just like the numbers that they got that day. Um, 
so I guess the overall total right now is like the latest is almost 5 million cases reported worldwide, about 326,000 deaths. Oh my God, 326,000 deaths. Um, wow, rest in peace, guys. And 93 of those were in the U. 93,000 of those were in the U.S. 93,000? 93,000 deaths were in the U.S.? Wow, that is a big percentage of the 326,000. Wow. Um, okay, I'm not sure when this is going to, you know, we're going to hear better news. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen soon. First, they said, you know, up to April, whatever that was, 15th. Then we went to May. Then it was May 15th. Then we said it's going to be three months and that brought us to like August and people freaked out. So then they kind of retracted. This is for California. They kind of retracted and said, um, we should be okay by July 4th to open up again. But I think, um, you know, a lot of states have opened up and I think when we start seeing the numbers in those states or, you know, even certain counties in California, when we see what those numbers look like, then I think we'll better be able to understand when, you know, it'll be safe, especially for people in Los Angeles to, um, go back to normal. I don't think we'll ever really, I mean, maybe not never, but I don't think we'll go back to normal for a long time. I do think that, you know, we're going to kind of stick to this social distancing to an extent, you know, maybe we're not, you know, always six feet apart and wearing a mask, but I, I just don't think people are going to be gathering in large groupings. Um, that's kind of what scares me about the industry that I was in, you know, like production. People, you need a lot of people in a, a certain place to be able to complete the work or even in the events industry, there are no events if people aren't gathering. Um, and if people are gathering in their events of like, you know, 25 people, 50 people, they're small events that doesn't really give a lot of business to people in the events industry. So unfortunately, you know, a lot of people are going to suffer. I hope that the government finds a way to get people through this time. Otherwise, I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty, pretty bad recession. Um, you know, this $1,200 stimulus check that they sent out, the max, that was great and, you know, for a one time. But you have to think about, you know, people, there's some some states, some cities, some counties where $1,200 can cover your rent for, you know, your portion of the rent for maybe two months or your rent in general for a month. But in places like, you know, a lot of us are like Los Angeles, New York, that doesn't even put a dent into your bills. Um, so... I, I hope that either they extend the additional unemployment, you know, right now they, they pushed unemployment up to um, an additional $600 a week, either they continue that through the year, um, or they send out, you know, just a flat payment, flat check to everyone for, you know, the rest of the year, they have to figure out a way for people to be able to survive, because if they go back to the um, fee of like max 450 a week that they were doing for unemployment. I don't think a lot of people in most of these counties are going to be able to pay their bills. And aside from pay- being able to pay their bills, I don't think a lot of people are going to be spending money in the, you know, to kind of keep the economy going. People aren't going to be going back to nail salons like that. People aren't going to be shopping, um, for like clothes. People aren't going to want to go to the movies because they don't have money. So that's really going to mess up the economy. So I hope that the government kind of finds a way to keep people afloat and keep them spending money and keep going until we find some sort of solution and can go back to 
life where we felt comfortable, you know, spending money, going outside, being around people. Um, yeah, so that's really the biggest, you know, thing that I that I found. There was little things going on this week, obviously. Nancy Pelosi called Trump morbidly obese. Um, you know, I she is petty Pelosi. Um, I don't really know what to say. I think that at this point we've kind of lost the respect factor between, you know, the president and everybody else and but I think that it kind of starts at the top so when you start crossing the line um and going into the you know this kind of space that people don't feel obligated to show you any respect back it's unfortunate it's sad that we've come to this point where people can go on national television and disrespect the president like that but you know I think that it starts from the top and that's really all I can say if you're respectful to everyone around you in different groups of people then I don't think people would be so comfortable to kind of react or say the things that they do so I really hope that we can get it together because on a national level on an international level we probably look like um, a mess so um yeah let's let's do a little better um what else candy burst from Real Housewives of Atlanta won the masked singer I'm definitely here for that um I don't know about this Doja Cat situation where she's allegedly a racist. There's just so much of this shit. Joe Biden got a little too comfortable this week. Um, yeah, that's really the news that was going on. So this is what I mean by the talk-worthy segment has really just been a little limited um, this past week. And honestly, this past whole quarantine. Um, so now I'm just going to move on ahead to the dropping gem segments, the final segment. Um you know, I've been listening and hearing a lot in church, especially when um, pastors talk about generational curses. I've heard my pastor talk about it a lot. Um, and while I don't try or while I try not to think of my situations in my life as curses or generational curses, but it did get me to think about um, generational trauma. Um, I decided to do, you know, a little bit research on generational trauma and I found this quoted from a handy dandy wikipedia okay transgenerational trauma or intergenerational trauma is a psychological term which asserts that trauma can be transferred in between generations after a first generation of survivors experiences trauma they are able to transfer their trauma to their children and further generations of offspring. I'm going to read a little more for you guys, okay? So we have intergenerational trauma was first recognized in the children of the Holocaust survivors. In 1966, psychologists began to observe large numbers of children of the Holocaust survivors seeking mental help in clinics in Canada. The grandchildren of Holocaust survivors were overrepresented by 300% among the referrals to a psychiatry clinic in comparison with their representation in the general population. Since then, transgenerational trauma has been documented in descendants of slaves, Native Americans, war survivors, refugees, survivors of interpersonal abuse, and many other groups. I want to read the sentence one more time because this is where it really caught my attention, okay? Transgenerational trauma has been documented in descendants of slaves, Native Americans, war survivors, refugees, survivors of interpersonal abuse, and many other groups. Um, the reason why this whole concept 
crossed my mind last week and why that particular sentence stuck with me is, you know, I've been having a little bit of mild anxiety. Um, and I know that's common. And I think that, um, it, mine in particular can range a little bit with, you know, a little irrational fear, um, some things that will never really happen, but those are the kinds of things that cross my mind and cause this anxiety. Um, and then I started thinking about where this can come from. You know, I've been thinking about it the past couple of years, why, why I'm, I, I experience it sometimes, what, has triggered it where it's coming from I don't think that I have yet found the source but I think that if you start looking through the your environment and the people next to you you can kind of understand a little bit better um so I started thinking about those around me and for my parents for example and um you know my parents they have an interesting story I I think maybe one day I'll have my mom on this podcast and she can really talk about it from her own experience. But um, my parents, they are full Armenian, but they grew up in a country called Azerbaijan in a city called Baku, which was an international urban kind of city, uh, metropolitan city at the time. There was people of different backgrounds living there. And this is, you know, around the Soviet Union era in the 1980s or so 1990s and um they were living there and at one point you know there was always a little bit of conflict between the um, muslim people of azerbaijan and armenians who are christians there was always a little bit of conflict and one day some group decided that they wanted all of the armenians or christians out of the city of baku um and they were going to get them out by any means so um first there was warnings that you had to leave um just like verbal warnings there was nothing like mass media it was just like you know whispers going around then they started murder allegedly murdering people um armenians you know there were stories that men were murdered in front of the women you know their 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 wives um had to watch um they were like throwing women off balconies I mean there's just so many stories and so people started to flee and escape um and one of the things one of the signs that you were you know what you were being watched or you were one of the families that might be targeted is they would leave a cross on your door so my parents ended up finding the cross on the on the door but the problem is it wasn't so easy to leave the country at the time you had to have a special kind of ticket or special kind of documentation to be able to leave the country because you couldn't just leave and cross the border and go somewhere else so while people were waiting for their documentation this is when all of that started happening um and so you know my mom told me that they used to my mom my dad and my grandma they all you know at nighttime that's where a lot of people were you know fear the most because it's nighttime and dark and scary and my mom would sleep with um I think they're like the the huge like uh, barbecue skewers like the Brazilian ones and the Armenian ones like the large metal skewers they would sleep with that by their bed with boiling hot water on the stovetop in case somebody came in so they can throw the water and you know do what they have to do to protect themselves so it's really really you know scary to me to think about um people like just living in constant fear day to day because you don't know what's going to happen to you and 
you know, that trauma kind of carried over when they finally were able to escape. They, um, you know, it was a 40 hour train ride straight, 40 hour train ride straight from where they were to a city in Russia. Um, that's where they were, you know, escaping to. And it, they were just sitting on the floor in the back of a train near the, the heaters. And, you know, for 40 hours, my mom couldn't sleep. She was like pregnant with my brother and she was like sweating and hot she couldn't take her clothes off and it was just all of this stuff just just to escape the country and leave with with none of their belongings except some baby clothes um so when you hear you know this kind of story and people just like living on the edge and living with fear all the time because they don't know what's going to happen you kind of feel that yourself um I read that anxiety could be hereditary and I'm not saying that's exactly where mine comes from but I do oftentimes, you know, get this fear, especially, specifically around nighttime. Um, and it's irrational, I know, but it happens. And I, I think that, you know, when, when people go through this kind of trauma and they don't seek help or they don't talk about it, it could be kind of passed on to their kids. Um, I think a lot of people from the generations above us, you know, especially from that culture or cultures of, uh, that had to escape or, you know, experience that kind of trauma, they, you know, carry that unresolved trauma. Um, and I've just, yeah, like I said, during this quarantine, I felt a range of emotions. You know, first I started off very productive and motivated and focused and then, you know, went to the complete opposite where I was like a little bit sad and I felt, um, I just felt like a little hopeless because you're just like, what's happening? Where are we going? You know, some people believe in, in zodiac signs, some don't. I'm a Gemini. I, I thrive on communication with people. I thrive on being around people. I need, um, I don't need, but I, I really enjoy people around me. I also am the opposite. I, I love being by myself and alone. Um, but, you know, being quarantined in a house away from you know a, not only your friends but new people, where where I really thrive and and you know. I'm passionate about people and like when I meet new people I love it I love getting to know new people I love listening to their stories it's so interesting to me I'm really intrigued by just people in the life that they've lived and for me to you know be stuck in a house for you know two months or whatever it's been and I don't have that exposure to new people or getting to know people it's been really rough for me you know I go up and down and yeah I did go from a place of being really motivated really productive um, really excited to work on myself during this time to a time where I just was lacking any of that I just didn't feel motivated I felt sad I felt hopeless I felt scared like what's next how long are we going to be in here for what is really happening um you know, what if it gets worse? What if people need money? What if people start, I don't know, just all my mind just went and goes to like really, really, you know, dark places sometimes when that happens. And I know that I need to stop. And, you know, I know, I know the steps that I need to take and you stop, you breathe, you meditate, you watch something that is entertaining, you read something that's entertaining, you pray, um, you consume inspirational quotes or things. And, you know, we all know the steps, but sometimes it's hard to like get yourself to even take those steps. You just kind of want to sulk in whatever place you're in because at least you're feeling something. So, um, yeah, it's been a really challenging uh 
quarantine, you know, I, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I think a lot of people are, you know, on the extremes. And I think most people have crossed those extremes where they have been really productive and really focused. And then they kind of go to a place where they don't want to do anything. And they're just, um, you know, just sulking in the moment. And I think that it's okay to be in either place. But I just think that, you know, it's not good to stay in that sulking, confused, scared, fear that place too long um you have to get yourself out of it but uh yeah all that goes to say for me I just have to you know what what I realized is when I was researching this transgenerational trauma is that you know it comes from somewhere this doesn't come from you know just nowhere so I really want to kind of take the steps to um, figure out how in those moments, how I deal with those situations. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm going to do in the next couple of weeks. I, you know, was kind of planning on making next week, the final episode for season three, but I decided to make it this week because I really just need to regroup and, and focus on myself. Um, and you know, a lot has happened in the past two months when I look back at it, like I was temporarily laid off. Um, you know, been stuck at home, not seeing friends, being constantly feeling pressure to produce a good episode for a podcast when there's not a lot of hot topics going on where I can't have guests, where I can't have my producer with me. So I felt that pressure to produce good content and it's, and it's been rough for that too. Um, you know, to starting my own company with, with Lena trying to, you know, get new clients and it's just been, uh, a roller coaster over two months, even though we've just been sitting at home. So as relaxing as it has been, it has also been very stressful. I just need to take the next, you know, couple of weeks or however long that is to like regroup and um, re-strategize where I want to go. And and that starts from, you know, my moments of meditation to the food that I'm eating to my exercises to um, season four of this podcast to my production company. It's all of this stuff that I need to really regroup on and I think that you know to be able to provide good content and you know produce good content I need to come with a you know a a clear mind and a place where I can reach people um so you know that's where I'm at now and I just want to say that you know if you are kind of in that place like I was feel free to reach out to me I have my social media at starring Milana or comment on this video um if you're watching on YouTube, comment on this video. If you're listening on any podcast apps, I would urge you to reach out to me on, you know, on my Instagram at Starring Milana and, you know, just let me know how you guys are feeling. Um, and I'll try to be back as soon as I can. I just need some time, um, you know, and we'll come back with season four and hopefully we'll have guests and other great, inspiring, interesting conversations. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy this video and this podcast. Make sure to, you know, give it a thumbs up and subscribe and comment. And I will be back soon. And thank you guys so much for sticking around for season three. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Keep up with me on my social media. Follow me. And um, I will be back soon. Stay healthy and safe.